And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Okay, James, it is, uh, I actually don't know what day it is. It's sometime in October. It's, it's a crazy way to start the season with it. Uh, going on a four-game road trip right away. So, yeah, so, yeah. so you're on a pretty wild North, uh, North American going-all-over-the-place road trip. Um, the Leafs had a game at home against Ottawa Saturday, Chicago Sunday, Dallas uh, Tuesday, Detroit Thursday. It's Wednesday afternoon and you're in Detroit. Uh, and then you're going to cap it all off on Saturday with a game against Washington. So it's kind of like you're doing a big circle around the United States. And I don't know if you've been able to find direct flights for all that, but I can imagine that's going to be, you're going to get back from that trip and be pretty worn out on, on Sunday. Yeah. And then there's a game, they come home and play the Kings on a Monday, but I actually have found direct flights. So it's, it's not been terrible yeah for some reason detroit has a lot of flights so that's a place in chicago too so that's a place you can get in and out in dallas i mean those are all like some cities aren't yeah some cities aren't that big but they're big airport slash flight cities so do you know who's the real grinder though like so i've had not crazy early flights like 8 9 a.m chris johnson just is like the hardest working man alive his flights are like at six Chris is and just so like, like him and he only needs like three hours sleep a day though. He's like that guy. Yeah, like him and I are leaving the rink. Like we both finish up like just before one, and then he's got to get up at four. And like so, I'm thinking to myself, man, like I'm getting up at six thirty. That's not that's not terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a lot better. If, if fans hate people complaining about travel and whatever, but it's just traveling commercially. And I do too. Tra- I'm not no. I'm just like I admire. Um, his grit. Well, and he does. Handling it. He does 
in, I mean, he does a lot of games too. He does the whole playoffs and the amount of travel and the amount of miles that some people put on. I mean, some guys in our business stay in a hotel like close to 200 nights a year, right? Like it's just, it's completely insane. Yeah. So on this road trip, um, a few things have happened. Um, Matthews and, and Tavares have scored a lot. Tavares. Um, so let's, I think we should start with Matthews. Um, he's got seven goals in four games. We're recording this before they play in Detroit. Um, so people may listen to this after that and maybe he'll have more goals after five games. Um, he always, and it's, it's only three Octobers, but he's, he has a history kind of of starting quick, but does anything strike you as being notable about this start in particular? Um, he just seems supremely confident right now. And we could see in training camp that he just looked ready to go. I think, I know he was very, very frustrated with last season and the injuries and everything that went into that. And he came into this year really wanting to make, like he, he wants to be a guy that, that challenges for a heart trophy. And, and I think that the other thing too, is that a lot of these guys, the top guys on the Leafs were really energized and excited by adding John Tavares and Tavares. <laughs> it's going to take a let's while. Just, let's just say, let's say, let's just pick away and just go with it. Yeah. It's going to take a while to get he used to that. He doesn't care. Even, even listening to the play-by-play guys on, on TV, trying to adjust to that, it, it takes some getting used to um, changing the pronunciation of such a well-known player. But I think that they were all super excited that they got him. And it, it took, um, it took kind of their expectations, not just of the city and hockey fans and whatever. It took everybody's expectations in the organization to another level. And, you know, some of these guys and Matthews is one of them thrive on that kind of, it's not just expectations. It's like pressure. It's like you, you, you guys, you have to deliver. You're one of the best teams in the league. There's no more excuses. There's no more. You're a young team. There's no more. You need experience. It's like you just added to one of the six or seven best teams in the league. You just added one of the best centers, and you guys are stacked. And it's going to be there. It's going to look a little, especially on the power play, look a little Harlem Globetrotters at times. It's it's kind of like sure. let's go. And and I th- I think that that Austin Matthews loves that. And I think he he wants to be. I think he wants to be the best player on the best team, and he looks capable of doing that right now. Yeah, it's interesting. Like in in kind of learning more about his personality, and obviously he's you know he's done some articles with like non hockey outlets, um, and you see some of the fashion and stuff like that. But like he really seems to kind of embrace the expectation. Like there is a swagger yeah. to him that is kind of unique among hockey players. Like I, I've just compared him in my mind to Connor McDavid and like McDavid is obviously the best player in the league, but he, he kind of like, I remember when there was like a little bit of a debate uh, about who was the best player in the league. And like, he would say, you know, it's, it's, it's Crosby. And he would kind of like defer, like kind of not put himself down, but kind of say, you know, I'm not in that class or, or whatever. And Matthews, it's like, he, he talks about Crosby being the best player in the league, but it's almost like, I want to take it. Like I'm, I'm going for him. Like I'm, I want to be the best. And it's almost a different type of personality than we're used to in hockey. And like, that's why, you know, and you see in Chicago when he does that, that goal celebration, it, it kind of stands out because it just isn't done. Whereas like in basketball, yeah. that kind of stuff is done all the time. In football, it's done all the time. Even in baseball, 
it's not like super common, but it's not unusual to see a guy celebrate a home run. And in hockey, it's it's not normal for a guy to kind of put himself out there. Yeah, I was kind of kicking myself reading that Sharp magazine article because they get into some things that we probably should have written about Austin Matthews, and we've talked about it a little bit, but one of the things I often got from fans over the last, the first two years that Matthews has played for the Leafs is, is he really that, that dull? Is he really that boring? And cause I like a lot of fans only see the on camera side, which is such a narrow, like they, they'll see, you know, 30 seconds of the player's day or <clears throat> whatever is shown on. And Matthews, um, as a 19, 20 year old player's first two seasons, sort of translating who he is and, and how he is and all those things to that, that 30 seconds, it hasn't, it hasn't really translated. So I would always tell fans like, no, he's, he's actually like super interesting. Like there's actually, there's a lot of depth to his personality and he's going to be someone that, that, that as fans get to know, they're going to, they're going to like more and more and, and they're going to see more of, of that come out in him. And I think that that's, that's part of what we're seeing. I mean, he's, there's a, He's just a very interesting person, I think, and his background's very unique. And I think part of it's being American. I think part of it's being from uh, a market like Arizona and not growing up as ingrained. He, he he grew up with some hockey culture, but not nearly as ingrained as someone like McDavid would have in in the GTA. And you know, his mother being from a, another country and. Um, his father being a competitive baseball player, and there's all these different influences in him that make him make him different. And those things that make him different were part of the reason he went and played in Switzerland and 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 didn't follow the the traditional path of of you know maybe going to college or major junior mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, he's he's got and his family have have different ideas um, that aren't rooted in. They're not hockey ideas, and I think that I think that they they haven't said this, but I think that the Matthews probably think some of those old hockey ideas are kind of archaic, and 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 that that needs to be shaken up a little bit. And they are generally like people should just be who they are, right? And like even like Tavares, like you would never in a thousand years see him do that kind of celebration, and that's totally fine because he's a different personality. But like when you have personalities like Matthews and Kane and Subban, it's good. Like it's great if they kind of can feel like they can express that. Um, but like as it relates to on the ice, um, I was kind of kicking myself after I, I wrote a story in Dallas. I think that's where it was, Dallas. Um, I, I just about you know how how unusual the start is and like how you know there's only six guys who have ever started this fast in the last 30 years as, as far as goal scoring is concerned. And you can, you know, go to the athletic and, and check that out. But like, I was kicking myself after and, and thinking like, I should have gotten into what's a little bit different. And a couple things are different. You know, he is playing with entirely new line mates than he's played with his first two years. Like he played every minute basically for two years, um, five on five with Zach Hyman. And now that guy is Patrick Marlowe. And you've seen, in very short time, like what someone like Marlowe, who's, you know, one of the all time point leaders and, um, you know, what that can do. And like these little passes he can make and openings he can create for Matthews. And even, you know, when they replaced Tyler Ennis with Kasperi Kapanen, you see like Kapanen kind of unleashed a little bit. And you can see the impact of like when you put, um, 
I don't know what to, to define him as, but when you put different players with Matthews, maybe he brings them up a, a notch. Like, so you wonder like how many of these elements will lead to an even bigger season this year. And that's not even mentioning the power play. And it's also not mentioning the fact that Tavares is out there getting some, yes, of, the, some right. of the hard matchups. Like I think that my sense is watching the Dallas game that other teams are really cognizant of that Tavares Marner line as being, no, but see that no, that's what's so interesting is so far every team and and Chris and I were talking about this in the press box. Every team has chosen when they're doing their matchups. Target number one is Matthews, right. which I think is like fascinating. And Chris is like, no, that's that's obvious. Like he's their best player. But it's like it's it's interesting that now that's kind of um, like Tavares is mentioning this. Like that dynamic creates room for him. But to your point. There's going to be stretches during a game where an opposing coach is going to be like that. Right. That Tavares line is killing us. Right. We're going to have to switch this up, and then Matthews is going to get chances. So, right. Right. yeah, continue. Sorry. And I think that too. The I don't know how. I would love to know the behind the scenes story of how they came up with these line combinations, but they're ones that Babcock knew on the day that Tavares was introduced as a Maple Leaf. He knew kind of what he wanted to do with the lines. And Zach Hyman with Tavares and, and Marner, it was just a perfect fit. I mean, he's and then yeah. and then and then you you talk about Kapanen and Marlowe with Matthews, much, much different looking line. But with Kapanen there, there's a lot of there's there's a, a, a different kind of speed to that line. And then they've got one thing that interests me in the Ottawa game that um that Marner talked about a little bit. That was one of uh, a game where he, he really shone in terms of, he said that the reason he was able to create some of those plays is because he knew where uh, Hyman and Tavares were going to be. He knew that Hyman would be standing at the net. He knew that Tavares would be in the high slot. Uh, he knew that potentially that Morgan Riley would be the guy streaking down the far side. It's you normally think of set plays, offensive plays in hockey on a power play, but I think what we're seeing is that um, with these lines, if they leave them together, that there's going to be more and more of those set plays at even strength, and that's something we've seen in the past uh, when the Leafs have kept lines together. It's something that I think that Bozak and Kessel had a little bit of that going when and either mm-hmm. Lupul or JVR, um, the Grabowski line when it had MacArthur and Kuhlman would have a little bit of that going. The cycle game that they would have. Um, Sedin's obviously do that a lot, but you can see that these new line combinations are starting to get more and more of a sense of where everyone is going to be on the ice and, and how each other plays. And it, it's fascinating to think that if, if that Marlowe Matthews Kapanen line really, really clicks and continues to click, not just what that will do for Kapanen's numbers and his confidence and kind of his, his role on the team, but where does Nylander fit when he comes back, and does maybe he fit well with with Kadri? And then all of a sudden, you've really got three weaponized lines. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point. Is that like this is all happening without Nylander, who's yeah. like their fourth best offensive player? Like, um, yeah, that'll be interesting if if, if Kapanen can keep this up. I still think you probably put him back together, but like maybe what this ends up doing is like bringing out something in Kapanen that maybe they didn't know was there. Like maybe they find like he's, he's more capable than they thought. Like, I just think that 
in looking at the numbers, like it, it's crazy that in his first 57 games in the NHL, he has two assists and like he plays like a handful of periods with Matthews and he gets three. And it's just like, is, is he, is there more in there? You know, was it, was it the fact that he was playing with mostly fourth line players? Um, and if like, if, if Kapanen becomes something, more than maybe you think he is like maybe if he's not just like a fourth line guy maybe if he's a guy who can play like consistently your top nine like maybe if he becomes a hymen like suddenly that's another piece like you've got in the in the arsenal if you're kyle dubas so yeah i don't know that that's that's interesting but you mentioned the Tavares line um i guess you we you you've kind of gone over it so we need to go i got my say... topics list and i'm like we've already talked about that <laughs> Well, it's just like the natural progression of what to talk about based on these first four, huh. four games. Kapanen's but... number three, so we're, we're rolling. That's fine. I mean, what I was going to say is that like Matthews is probably going to be able to elevate guys that on other teams would only be third line contributors. You know, it just well, with it's funny you mention that because like. Yeah, like I thought, I thought one of the more, the more interesting things Mike Babcock said in Chicago, and like it, it's it's very true of superstar players. He was talking about Jonathan Taves, and he said, you know, Taves can take um, players. I actually have the quote right in front of me, and he, like he basically says, like he can Taves can take players and make them good, and even if they're not good players, suddenly they become good when they're playing with him. And it's like the same thing with Crosby. You know, all those guys who like cycled in on his line and suddenly they they look like they were really good players. And he said, and that's what that's what they want from Matthews. And like that's and and that's that's what Tavares was in, in New York for so long. Like he would take all these guys and like suddenly they would have career years and they'd mm-hmm. get big contracts. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's just like another progression like that that I don't know that we've even totally contemplated just because you know, he's so new in the league when it gets back to Matthews, but like what happens like if you get to a point where, like you said, you can play Kapanen with Matthews, and suddenly you can play Neilander somewhere else, and like it just makes you so much harder to, to to deal with. I was thinking potentially it was going to end up being Andreas Janssen that would slide in on that line. Me too. I was thinking it would be maybe it would be Janssen, Matthews, Neilander um, at some point, just because I thought that Janssen has kind of like the kind of is a very multifaceted player that that would work well on a line like that that's getting the hard matchups and those things but see i thought it would more that if he played well at camp that he would have started the season with kadri and like i that that is the fit that makes the most sense mm-hmm. for for them but he's just not been very good and, and granted he's not playing a lot of minutes but it's not like you, you watch him during those minutes and say this guy is demanding more minutes it's weird because like when he came up last year it looked like right away, like that guy is an NHL player. Like that guy is ready to play top nine minutes in the NHL. And then you watch him in the playoffs for the Marlies, you watch him in the final. And he was just like blowing away the competition. Like it was like, this guy's way too good for the AHL. And then the season starts training camp is happening. And like, you're looking at him and you're like, he hasn't made an impression yet. And it's, it, it wasn't a surprise obviously when, when Babcock scratched him. So this is a super delicate thing to talk about, but there's talk that Andreas Janssen had uh, kind of like off the ice some problems in the summer. So that could potentially, we, and we haven't talked to him about it or whatever, but, you know, it's, that 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 ties in with every, I mean, it's, guys don't always develop in a straight line and they don't always, 
yeah. uh, their lives don't. There was a great piece that we had on the Edmonton side about Adam Larson, the defenseman for the Oilers, and how last year when his dad was visiting him in Edmonton, his dad died um, during that visit, and how traumatic an experience it was for Adam Larson, who's obviously a, still a relatively young player, and you know, thing things happen in in players' personal lives, and and you know, it's. I think for Andreas Janssen's a guy that that we really like as a, as a person and a player. So hopefully that this is just like a really small blip on the radar for him. Yeah. Um, well, kind of speaking of of that, um, I don't know how much to make of you know how they've played defensively so far because it seems like you look around the league and every night every someone scoring it's like six five and like uh San Jose's beating well, Philly part of it, Jonas, is the like, goaltending has been brutal like if you look horrible. at if you like, look at all the games yes. the Leafs have played in the goaltending has been you know Anderson has not has let in some really weird goals Cam Ward obviously was bad in that game I mean Ben Bishop let in some like that the Hainsey goal was a bizarre one there's there's been a lot of I mean, look at Carey Price got lit up when they played Montreal a little bit. I mean, there's there's just been a lot of scoring. Yes. So that makes me think that I don't know how much I should read in this. It's more like when you look at it, less in Dallas, but like in those first three games, like some of the chances that they're giving up. Yes. But I like I'm, I hesitate. Like I'm listening, like you hear on the broadcast or whatever, um, like they're not going to be – Stanley Cup contenders if this keeps up and it's like dude like it's 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 October 6th like it doesn't matter if they're if they're like this now it matters like if this becomes like something that like we're talking about in January and February and March like I I just don't I I just think we have to be careful to read too much into it I, I think there are parts to pick out um but it's things we knew like we we yeah. know Ron Hainsey in an ideal world is not playing on your top pair, and he's not playing against top players. His minutes have come um, quite a bit down. I mean, there have been some games where he's only getting 17, 18 minutes. So, I mean, part of that is that if there's not a lot of, if they don't take a lot of penalties, then his minutes come down. Right. Um, but I think that that's something they're going to be more cognizant of, is that they can't play, they can't play Hainsey. I, I think he had 22 minutes a game last year. They can't play him that much. Well, he's just not, he's just not good enough. He's not fast enough. He's not skilled enough. He's not quick enough to keep up with Tyler Sagan and Patrick Kane and like Jonathan Taves, like he's 37. Like he's, that's what he is. Like it's not a, the thing is like, it's not a knock on Ron Hainsey. It's like, that is, he is at the point of his career where he's closer to the end. Um, and his skills and his body are not maybe what they once were. And like, you're just not able to play those kinds of minutes. Like it's like Chris Chelios played until he was like 46, but Chris Chelios at 46 is not, Chris Chelios at 29, you know what I mean? And and Ron Hainsey's not Chris Chelios. And yeah, so I was going to say, Chris Chelios was a hall of... Chris Chelios at his yes. peak was so good. Like, he, he I think right. he was probably even underrated by general hockey fans because some of the people didn't like him, but he was unbelievable. He was, you know, such such a, a talent that... Um, and that's not ever what Ron... Ron Hainsey's always been kind of like a 2-3-4 guy in the league, and... I mean, full credit to him to be playing it. He's the fourth oldest defenseman in the league. I looked this up the other day. You know, there's hmm. Chara, Cronwall in Detroit, and uh, Orpik in Washington. And Cronwall and Orpik are going to be fringe guys. Chara is one of the biggest, uh, 
what do you whatever you want to call it physiological freaks in probably on planet <laughs> on planet earth um so for the fact that ron hansey's right there after those guys there's probably something to be said for the level of 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 training and things that ron hansey does do that the fact he's even to, able to play in the league at all um but it just some of the mistakes that he's made and when he's been caught flat-footed it just it, it, it really, it's, it's probably a good thing that that's happening early on because it's forcing the coaching staff to really think long and hard about, okay, what are, what's our plan here for the rest of the, I mean, there's still 78 games to yeah. go in the playoffs and they have designs on being a very good team. If Ron Hainsey can't get done in October, they're going to have to start to really think about what the succession plan is, is for him. Yeah. It's like, what's a fallback option basically? Like, what are we going to do if this is a problem for us? a month from now like what are what can we do with our pairs like who can we move up you know do we move Dermot up do we move Ovechkinov up do we do we play Zaitsev with Riley like I don't know like you, you probably just have to start contemplating other things I was just ta- thinking while you you were talking about how old he is did you ever see the movie Knocked Up yeah I did yeah do you remember the scene when when they try to go to the club and he doesn't want to let um I can't remember her name the actress's name um, but the older of the two, he doesn't want to let her in. And, and he says to her, like, you're not too old for the world. You're just too old for this club. <laughs> and it's kind of like, that's like, that's, that's Ron Hainsey right now. Like he's not too old for the NHL. He's just too old to be playing. And the way he delivered old. it was perfect too, right? He's like, you're not, awesome. you're not too old for the world. <laughs> as if you're they could ever too not old for this club. Yeah. As if, as if they could not let someone into a club, man. Anyway, I identify with Ron Hainsey. He's a year younger than me, so you know it's good to still have Hainsey and Marlowe around, and they've got kids, you know, like I do. And um, but I, I can identify with them in the fact that I was covering the NHL when I was whatever twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and now I'm closer to forty than I am to to that age. And you go from being the same age as the players, maybe a little bit older than some of them, to now all of a sudden boy, I, like, I really personally do not have a lot in common with Mitch Werner, you know, and I like talking with him and he's, he's a good kid, but there's all of a sudden there's a generation gap there. And these are people you're interacting with and talking to, uh, when you work and it gives you a, gives you a different perspective. Okay. I did forget, um, to mention the Saki Hall of Fame and Babsox. Um, I have to tell you, I think my favorite I've been going through the roster of socks that they have. The Brett Hall is just amazing. Yeah, he's got the, the with mullet his, like, going, right? The, the, the mullet going is, is awesome. The golden bread. Yeah, and the other one that – there's a few that are really, really, really good. I like Ray Bork and the Solani one from Winnipeg is just unbelievable. Yeah, they gave me a, Man, they like, gave me an early pair of the Marlon Lemuse because that's what I wanted, so I, I really like those, but – I'm looking forward to when uh, I think they're just on pre-order right now. I should probably pre-order. Yeah. Some, but if people haven't seen it, it's it's basically Babsox taken to the next level, where you can get a whole bunch of the legends of of the game. And we're not we're not just saying this because they're sponsoring the podcast or because we know Jake and Tom who created these. We think it's a really really great idea. And um, the last I talked to Jake, he said it was going really really well, and they've got them in half the arenas in the league and more teams are calling them. So they're, um, they're two young guys in, in Toronto who came up with the idea Two two Leafs fans. And, uh, um, they've kind of got their, they're staking their whole livelihood on this idea. So 
you know, it'd be, I think it's a good idea. I think it deserves to succeed. And I'd like for those guys personally just to have success as well. So check it out. Uh, Babsocks.ca, I believe is still the website. There's, they, they have multiple websites now, but that will get you to, that will get you to the Saki Hall of Fame. Yeah. And they've got a, a pre-sale on for 15% off. So it's probably a good time to buy. All right. I'm going to buy some more then. Um, one last thing, or actually like two last things. Um, what do you think will end up happening with Justin Hall? Because like, I'll, I'll pause and, and add one more thing. When Neilander signs, and like, you haven't talked about that at all, but like, what else is there to talk about? Um, but when he signs, they're going to have to lose somebody. And obviously injuries could crop up and that could change, but like, you just look at the way things have worked out so far and like you wonder if it's him, if it's Josh Levo, like what do you think ends up happening with Hall? Like do you think he ends up playing or do you think this kind of becomes Frankie Corrado like 2.0? Well, and it was fascinating to see that the GOAT played really well in Dallas. That was probably his best NHL game I've ever seen him play. I don't know how many he's played. Was he played 25 games or something like that? That was That was the best he has looked. I haven't been very impressed with Josh Levo through the first four games. I think he's he's playing. He's averaging eleven minutes a game, and I think he's last on the team in plus minus. Not that I I, I apologize for bringing up plus minus, but it's one of the things that I know. <laughs> I know Babcock looks at it, so that would be. Yeah. And, and I don't think he has any points yet, does he? He, I, I I was looking at who hasn't gotten a point yet, and I think he's one of the guys. Um, and the other thing too is that Marincin drew into the lineup as a right D on the third yes. pair instead of just playing. I had a there were people in hockey that were asking me, why isn't he just using Justin Hall? Because Hall has the chemistry with Dermot from the Marlies. Those two are friends. And also he's a right D and they, they played Marincin instead who, who I thought looked fine, but it was just, um, I think, I think Justin Hall is going to, he's going to need an injury here to, to get in and he's going to have to play well when he does get into the lineup. Okay. I think we'll leave it there. Jonas, the other thing I was going to say too, is that Babcock did mention, um, that, they contemplated going into the Chicago game of playing all three of their healthy scratches. That's something that they talked about. And I think what we could see the Leafs do more frequently is when they have the back-to-backs is all of the scratches come into the lineup. So that, that Well, that's what they should do, and that's yes. when they should give Ron Hainsey a night off. Like that's, yes. It's, it's not doesn't seem like a crazy thing to do at all. That's something we should ask. We should ask Hainsey if he'd be open to Well, to like, so when I, talk to, well, when, when I talk to Kyle Dubas, one of the things that I thought, um, was interesting like he talked about like how one of the things he took from the Raptors was how they develop players and he, he, you know he was thinking to himself like um, are there ways that you know we, we've started to do things with the Marlies as far as you know changing the way that we, we develop are there things you can do at the NHL level that's one of the things that you could do at the NHL level just like just to keep those guys and and like Hall is, is isn't like a prospect prospect and neither is Marincin like both are 26 I think uh, but, like, get them into some games. Like, don't just let them rot away like Josh Levo did for three years and, like, basically burn an asset for no reason at all. Right. So And what's the drop-off? Maybe that's from one From a Hainsey to a Hall, anyway, if it's if you're doing it 15 games for a one year. Night, like, what's the difference? Well, the right. NBA teams have done that a lot, right, where they rest guys that they consider important. And, like, the NHL, we're talking about your travel, the NHL schedule is pretty grueling. I mean, they're playing 3.1 games a week. It's it's a lot. It's it's game day off, game day off, game day off for six months. And that's just a regular season. And then there's preseason. Yeah. And, and then there's, 
you know, the world championships or the playoffs or whatever. I mean, they, when, when you're a kid and you play hockey and you're in a tournament or whatever, and you play tons of games and whatever, it's, it's, you're not doing it for seven months, you know, where you, where you play a hundred games. I mean, some kids, some kids now do play a hundred games in a season. So, but at the level that these guys are playing and at 37 years old, you're right. It makes, and, and to your point about the Marlies, I know that what they were doing last year is they had such a big roster. There's no roster. Yes. There's no 23 man roster limit in the AHL. So the Marlies were carrying 31 guys and when they had to play back-to-backs or they had to play three games in three nights, which still happened in the minors, they wouldn't play anybody in all those games. Whereas you look at other teams, uh, AHL teams around that league, they have to. They don't have the option. They don't have all those extra guys. So what happened is that mm-hmm. someone like Timothy Lilgren did not play. I don't think he played back-to-backs last year. I don't think he played any. And you look at the games played that he, he had last year, and it was a pretty low number. But that allowed them to spend more time with the development staff and um, it probably made yeah, the Marlies smart. fresher going into the playoffs than other teams because, you know, some of their vets and, and some of their young guys had, had had more rest than other teams. And that's absolutely something that the Leafs should look to do. Well, and that's what the Raptors did, like with the end of their bench, like the guys that they weren't playing, they just send down to the D league and get those guys playing and playing a lot of minutes and, I don't know. It's just a, an added avenue. And like, that's how you flex your financial muscle. Like you can do things that other teams can't because you have money. So, all right. So the podcast is brought to you by Bab Socks. Again, check out, just go check out the site. If you're listening to this, like some of the, the options are just awesome. And I think they're going to add more players. Yeah. There's a whole bunch. Um, there's a whole bunch coming. I've seen some of the other. Pavel Datsuk's great. Like he's got like the, 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 sh- the shadow, the five o'clock shadow. Yeah. Um, just like the he was, the artist that they use that did those is like it's very very it's awesome. impressive. There aren't very many of them where it's like ah that one doesn't really work. Most of them are are pretty iconic. So it's yeah the Gilmore is great. Bobby Clark, man. Anyway, check Lenny, it out. Um, what's the schedule next week? When are we going to do this thing again? We well, haven't they, talked about it. They, they play LA Monday, like you mentioned, and then they I think they play Pittsburgh on Thursday. I want to say. And then St. So maybe Louis Wednesday. is here on Saturday. So there's a two-day break Tuesday and, and Wednesday. So, And you're gonna, okay. you get to come home for a while. I don't know when your next trip is. I think you're going to Winnipeg. It's like a while. Oh, you're no, not, I'm not, you're not going, going to Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. We're sending, we're sending wheels on the, on the road. So. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be a fun game. That's a home-and-home home set with Winnipeg. Yes, yes. And, and not only is Wheeler going to Winnipeg, Murat is coming to Toronto, so that's going to be. You and I get to we get to party with Murat here in Toronto here at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the month. I've got it marked on my calendar. Right. I'm taking Murat out in Toronto on that the day before the game. So I'll give you some restaurant recommendations. I know restaurants. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, give me some restaurant recommendations. Okay, so we'll be back with another podcast next week. Uh, It is called The Leaf Report. I don't think I mentioned that off the top. Thanks for listening.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.